This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. And away we go. Welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. A Dr. Judy Wood engineer, author of Where Did the Towers Go? Evidence of Directed Free Energy Technology on 9-11 is standing by, and we'll get to that conversation in mere moments. Of course, uh, Conspiracy Culture and I will be presenting a, an exclusive live event with Dr. Judy Wood on Sunday, September the 11th, at the J.J.R. McLeod Auditorium right here in Toronto, and that's uh, 1 to 4 p.m., Sunday, September the 11th, Dr. Judy Wood coming to town, and tickets available online at the live events page at strangeplanet.ca. Just go to my website, strangeplanet.ca, click on live events, and you can order your tickets right there. Or uh, my good friends Patrick and Kadena at Conspiracy Culture, you can order them uh, at their shop, uh, on, f- uh, on the phone, uh, online. Just go to conspiracyculture.com and all the information is there. They have an events page. Just click on that and you're in. All right. Albert Vinzel is here, my uh, trusty uh, story producer and uh, occasional remote viewer. He's running our HOA, Hangout On Air, and if you'd like to partake, it's very simple. Just go to my Twitter feed, at Richard Serrett, and go to the top of the feed or near the top of the feed and click on the the tweet with the HOA link in it, and you are in. A young Will Power is on the other side of the glass, twisting the, do- the, uh, the knobs and the dials, and uh, once again, happy to have Will here, Ian Robertson. Our regular technical producer is off gigging with his Rockabilly band, I guess. Anyway, glad to have Will aboard, and um, I just want to quickly mention this. I, I tweeted this on, on Friday night. The mighty Aphrodite and I went up uh, to Casino Rama up in Aurelia to see one of the legends... One of the Motown legends, Smokey Robinson, he was, uh, as I say, playing at Casino Rama. Uh, I guess it's about two hours from here. If you haven't been, it's, a, it's, it's really cool because it's a very intimate setting. It's like I felt like I was watching Smokey in my living room, and the, the sound cannot be beat. Anyway, and Smokey is, get this, he's 76 years old. 
But he has the voice and the energy of someone probably, I don't know, maybe in his early 30s. Absolutely incredible performance. And uh, towards the end of the show, he asked for a couple of volunteers to join him on stage. And as he was performing his hit, Cruisin', uh, he picked the mighty Aphrodite. And she got up there on stage and she met and hugged and hung out for a few moments with Smokey Robinson. And uh, i got to tell you, now she's totally smitten with Smokey. And who wouldn't be? What a performer, what a night. So that was our Friday night. Uh, hope you're all doing well. Great to have you aboard. All right. On to uh, more serious matters. The 9-11 attacks coming up. Hard to believe the 15th anniversary. Almost seems impossible. Our generation's Pearl Harbor. And uh, I was mentioning to my colleague George Janescu earlier, if you mention to someone in their 20s, 9-11, likely they'll have very little or no memory of it. Now, whatever you think happened on that day, you have to agree that there are so many questions that remain unanswered as to how the greatest air defense system in the history of mankind was somehow circumvented, exactly who was involved. Uh, So many questions. Perhaps chief among them, how were the World Trade Center towers brought down? The World Trade Center buildings, Building 7 and others. It wasn't just the North and South Towers, remember. Was it the impact of of the jetliners and the the heat generated from the jet fuel that caused some sort of a structural failure? That's sort of the official version. Uh, but was it, is it possible there was something else involved, some other technology perhaps? Well, this, of course, will be the subject at our live event I just mentioned on September the 11th when Dr. Judy Wood comes to town for an exclusive engagement. Uh, but she is here tonight uh, to, to dive into this a little bit. And uh, it's a great pleasure to have. It's been quite a while since I've had Dr. Judy Wood on the program. She's uh, uh, a Ph.D., a degree from Virginia Tech, a former professor of mechanical engineering. She's researched expertise in experimental stress analysis, structural mechanics, uh, deformation analysis, materials characterization, and materials engineering science. Her research has involved testing materials, including complex material systems, in the area of photomechanics, or the use of optical and image analysis methods to determine physical properties of materials and measure how materials respond to forces placed on them. Her area of expertise involves inferometry in forensic science. Uh, She taught graduate and undergraduate engineering classes and and has authored or co-authored over 60 peer-reviewed papers and journal publications in her areas of expertise. In the time since 9-11, she has applied her expertise in material science, image analysis, uh, as I mentioned, and uh, a forensic study of over 40,000 images, hundreds of video clips, a large volume of witness testimony, analysis of dust samples, seismic data, and the analysis of other environmental evidence pertaining to the destruction of the World Trade Center complex. Dr. Wood has conducted a comprehensive forensic investigation of what physically happened at the World Trade Center site on 9-11. And based on her analysis of the evidence she gathered in 2007, she filed a federal um, a case for science fraud against the contractors who contributed to the official National Institute of Standards and Technology report about the destruction of the World Trade Center towers. This case was filed in the U.S. Supreme Court in December 2009. To this day, Dr. Wood's investigation and body of evidence is compiled in her book, Where Did the Towers Go? Evidence of Free or Directed Free Energy Technology on 9 11, 
It's the only comprehensive forensic investigation in the public domain. Dr. Judy Wood, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? Very good. Well, thank you for having me. And it has been, I'm guessing, well, the book came out in, uh, was it 2007, did we say? Uh, well, it was written back around then, but it was 2010. 2010. So it's been about six years since uh, since we talked. Hope you're well. Yes. You know, one of the interesting things, and we, we mentioned that you're, you're coming to town, and we're not obviously going to, to give people the whole, <laughs> you know, the whole presentation here. There's not time, uh, but you'll have plenty of time. Uh, on on September the 11th to go through through the evidence, um, but let me ask you first off. Now this book obviously generated a lot of of controversy. Uh, anytime anyone delves into 9/11 and is exploring perhaps you know alternative explanations rather than the official explanation, it's bound to generate controversy. But the interesting thing is is here even within sort of the 9/11 truther movement. It created such controversy. I mean, you were disavowed by uh, the 9/11 Truther movement, which I find, well, not you know what? It's not surprising. It's such a it's such a uh, um, a divisive community. I mean, if you're not with them, sort of 100 percent, then you're against them, which is my understanding. I've I've experienced that firsthand. But why specifically do you think, uh, even within the 9/11 Truther movement, you're such a controversial um, person? Well, I don't know if the, if controversial is the right uh, the right term for it. <clears throat> controversial is usually a term given uh, that implies doubt. You know, what, whether someone is talking about facts or or fiction. And uh, anything that I've discussed, and it's in my book as well, is just evidence, an analysis of the evidence as well as parallel evidence. So if someone doesn't want you to discuss the evidence, what do they do? Distract you. It's kind of like the political uh, scene. You know, they don't want you to discuss the facts. They they say, oh, you have uh, uh, boogers up your nose or something. Right, you know, right. They, they take it off into something unrelated to the evidence. <clears throat> but if you just talk about the evidence, if somebody really wants to know the truth, they shouldn't have a problem with it. Precisely, precisely, and yet they do, which... So what does that tell you? Well, it, it suggests a number of things. One, that the group has been infiltrated by disinformation uh, agents. Uh, I mean, that's, uh, that's the one that leaps immediately to mind. Uh, and, and the other thing is, which I've come to, to realize, is that the whole controlled demolition theory has become almost like a religion, now, I have a, a lot of respect for people like Dr. Richard Gage. He's been on the program, and I think he's, he's doing his, his, his best to try to piece this puzzle together. But if, if you suggest that it may not be controlled demolition, it's almost like you become an immediate pariah. They don't want to hear anything else. And I think it's because when people have so much um, invested in a theory, they almost become defined by it. And if you take that away from them, then who are they? What are they? And that's very threatening to them. It's almost like a self-preservation mechanism. Those are my theories. What do you think? Um, well, if you want to control the message, you know, you know that, that there are going to be people questioning the event. Do you think those who planned 9-11 forgot to plan a cover-up? <laughs> At least one. Maybe five, yeah. maybe ten. Yeah, so build it and they will come. A place for these people to be collected. 
I call them collection agencies. <laughs> <laughs> That's very clever, yes. And then you give them a pacifier, and it, and it keeps them out of trouble. Right, right. And the easiest way to control groups is to uh, demand consensus, you know, talking points. Right, right. And if somebody veers off from the talking points, they get uh, excommunicated from the group. That's that's a very, very lucent, cogent explanation. Absolutely. Yeah. So if someone's trying to control your thinking, you know, they want you in a group. And if you're not in a group, you it's harder to control people. Right, right. Yes. So, uh, and you know, here you I, come I along with this, uh, with with your evidence that doesn't fit that narrative, and you are a disruptor. Well, the the first thing with the evidence uh, is, in being a forensic engineer, you first have to determine what happened. Absolutely, and absolutely. The easiest way to cover something up is to get people to skip that step, and just assume what happened, and go on and start arguing about how it happened before you've determined what it is. Right, right. And, you know, look at the uh, official story. You know, they, they're down to, to step three or four. You know, you know, who did it and why they did it. They hate us for our freedoms. Right. And we should point out that, 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 that uh, your work is not focused on who did it, you know, was there a stand-down right. order, exactly. what was the motivation. You're simply looking at physical evidence uh, based on your background in engineering, uh, to explain why those structures failed the way they did. Or, or what was going on. And, and uh, you know, different types of energy could be involved. Let's, let's look at them. One is, you know, like what caused the building to come apart? <clears throat> was it thermal energy? Did the bu- buildings get cooked to death? Well, you had uh, 14 people walk out of stairway B who don't remember having been cooked to death. You know, so that, that's out the window. Uh, was it kinetic energy? You know, bombs or gravity collapse? Um, there's a lot of evidence that discards that, which is, uh, you know, people in stairway B didn't get smashed. They right. didn't get pulverized. They didn't get squished. They right. walked out. Listen, we, we are coming up on a break, uh, Dr. Wood. We'll, um, we'll come back and discuss further... And uh, again, just a reminder, Dr. Judy Wood is with us, the author of Where Did the Towers Go? Think about that title. Where did they go? Sort of suggests they were sort of pulverized. They vanished. They didn't just collapse. Exactly. They They vanished. Sort of from the... They went away. Exactly. They were disappeared from the top down. We'll discuss further on the other side. Stay with us. My name is Richard Serrett. Great to have you with us. If you're sure your phone isn't tapped, call now, 416-360-0740, or toll-free at 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Keeping an eye on the new world order. 
This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll free 1-866-740-4740. Welcome back. Dr. Judy Wood, author of Where Did the Towers Go? And uh, she's going to be with us here in Toronto on Sunday, September the 11th, the anniversary, of course, 15th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. And she'll be with us at the J.J.R. McLeod Auditorium for an exclusive live event that, that'll be 1 to 4 p.m. And if you go to strangeplanet.ca, my website, uh, and go on the live events page, all the information is there. You can order tickets online or conspiracyculture.com. My good friends Patrick and Kadena. Uh, in store, by phone, or online, conspiracyculture.com, and click on their events page. Uh, so, Dr. Wood, I want to also just take a moment because, as I, as I mentioned, in the hour here, we can't get into all of the evidence, but you'll go into great detail at the event. But let me ask you on a personal note. What has this meant for you as an academic uh, uh, publishing this book, Where Did the Towers Go? What is it What is it? cost you in terms of, I don't know, career, um, personally? I, I'm guessing that this, this, this must have been a very difficult decision for you to whether to publish or not. Uh, it wasn't difficult because it needed to be done. <clears throat> and I felt like I was in the best position to do it, uh, not having an a immediate family that would be put at risk. Somebody with an immediate family that would put at risk would have a much tougher time. Right, right. And how about but, pr- professionally? Uh, oh, it, it, it was, it's a one-way ticket out of a profession. It's, it's, um, but I don't like to play pity parties. Uh, I understand, I understand. Yeah, it's, it's about the evidence, and it's, it's this important. Uh, I, I will say that when I decided I was going to do this, I... Uh, called my mother and told her, and she said, well, if you do that, you won't have a career. And I said, if I don't, nobody will. And I think that's, as as time's gone on, I think uh, people can see that that is where things are going. Right. Okay. So a little bit of a primer here for those not familiar with directed free energy technology. What do we mean by that, directed free energy technology? Well, I was explaining about... Uh, we can rule out kinetic energy being involved as a destructive mechanism and thermal energy. You know, the buildings weren't cooked to death, nor were they beaten to death, like by gravity collapse or by bombs, you know, blowing things up, moving things and having something hit something else. Uh, a lot of reasons for that. You'd have people squashed instead of walking out um, with, you know, blue sky above them. <clears throat> and also, uh, there'd be a seismic signal. There's a lot of other things with it. But what I'm describing as directed energy, the energy was instructed or directed to do something differently than it normally does. The binding forces of matter are usually attracted to each other, but they were somehow instructed to reverse their sign and repel each other. All right. And... and- let me ask you then, how, how did you begin to piece this together? What was the first indication for you uh, that this might have been a directed free energy uh, weapon of some sort? Well, I'm, I'm, I don't start with the weapon. I don't start with, with the answer and then go backwards. Uh, I start with looking at what happened. And you keep looking and, and let the evidence 
tell you what happened. Don't tell the evidence what it's supposed to show you. Right. Okay, so let me rephrase. What was the first indication for you, and how quickly did it come, that the official version was incorrect? There was something else happening here. Oh, it came that day. I was in the faculty conference room and looking at the TV set of the building, you know, frothing up into dust, and they're calling it a collapse. And like, wait a minute. You, know, you guys aren't buying this, are you? It's, it's, you know, there's something wrong with the story. And uh, folks looked at me like I was crazy. And, and uh, when you say this is not a collapse, explain that. What do you mean this is not a collapse? I mean, for well, the, to, the, to the uninitiated, it looked like. like a collapse. Well, imagine what a, a collapse would look like. This piece falls into this piece. This goes to current. This goes, you know, pop. Kind of like how an avalanche gets going. You know, it doesn't start one, two, three all at once. One part gets another part going, which gets another part going. Right, right. <clears throat> Instead, we saw the building turning to dust from top to bottom. Right, being pulverized as as the building. Uh, pulverized no? has a specific meaning. It okay. Means, uh, it, it, kinetic energy is involved, a grinding. And this was pieces were flying through the air and turning into dust with with nothing hitting them but air. Hmm. And And... How would you – now, one of the things I've been told about the construction of the, of the World Trade Center uh, towers uh, is, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of drywall, uh, pretty flimsy construction, I've been told. This is one of the, the, the things that, that's out there, that this was not a well-designed building. Uh, oh, and that it, there was, was, it was uh, pretty well-designed, but you have to look at, again, at what happened instead of um, – Assuming it was a poor construction or assuming uh, airplanes did something to, you know, instead of making assumptions, it's, it's really, it takes an awful lot of discipline to just look at what happened. Right. No, but I'm, I'm wondering, because of the amount of drywall in that building, uh, could does, that does not... Does drywall a... cause steel to turn into dust in midair? Right. No, excellent point. But I'm just wondering whether the, 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 the presence of all that dust in the air in part could be attributed to the fact that so much of the construction was comprised of, as I say, a gypsum, um, gypsum rock. There was, a, a tremendous, there was a, about one-fifth of the total weight of the building was steel, one f- the okay. steel frame. All right. And you can see, you know, in videos, the pieces coming down, and they don't ever hit the ground. They turn to dust before they hit the ground. Pieces of metal that are turning to dust. Let me just think on that for a moment and let everyone else listen and think on that. Pieces of metal, as they're descending, are turning to dust. Yes. They look like they're um, like an Alka-Seltzer tablet, just frothing up into dust. Remarkable. Okay. So people don't know what would cause that, so they they tend to uh, ignore that piece of evidence. But instead of needing to know, that's what's important about just putting off any kind of um, assumptions. Right. And just going with what the evidence shows. And not feeling the need to play name that weapon. Name that weapon. Okay. All right. I'm with you. Yeah, play spin the dial name that weapon. Right. The name of the weapon is not important. Actually, it, it's counterproductive because, you know, people start getting um, trendy terms and they name drop trendy terms. Terms and pretty soon they don't even know what, what the, the gizmo does. Right, and pretty pretty soon people are imagining some sort of a laser beam with you know Doctor Evil uh, next to it, and right. and then you lose the room. I do have uh, my name for it, but you know I hesitate at mentioning it because 
uh, people start, you might start using that and make initials for it or something, but it's, it's just what the evidence shows. Right, okay. Magnetic electrogravitic nuclear reactions. Those, Electromagnetic those nuclear... Magnetic electrogravitic nuclear Electro- reactions. Electrogravitic nuclear reactions, okay. All In right. other words, it involves magnetism, electricity, and uh, gravity. All right, and and has this has this technology been around a while? Uh, yes, but not uh, advertised in in the Sears catalog or anything. <laughs> no, no doubt. Okay. And and uh, what I like to stress, and what's also in my book, I show parallel evidence. Now there is evidence of something we do know that produces the same results. Uh, and one example is tornadoes. Ah, interesting. Okay, tell me more. Uh, you know, weird things happen with tornadoes, like um, anti-gravity. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it it may follow an electrical signal. Um, you know, if there's a buried cable, sometimes it follows that. <clears throat> there's, and it also uh, dustifies things, uh, or it dismembers things. Um, one... Um, video I saw, I think it was like three years ago, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, that there's a whole bunch of these tornadoes in the area, and they showed some flying trucks. Right, right. You remember that? Absolutely, and, I've seen the, and I remember the movie, uh, you know, about those storm chasers. I can't remember the name of it, but... Uh... Right, but isn't that strange? It was the, uh, the trailer part of the trucks. The trailer part of the truck, Right. Okay. You didn't see dumpsters flying around. Okay, so where are you going with that, Dr. Wood? What does uh, that mean? It, just looking at, you know, themes here, but wasn't it interesting that you had that, like, where does the wind come from if you're going to say wind picked it up? Where does it's the certain, wind come from? Yeah, if this if this trailer is sitting on the ground, what causes it, you know, it's a lot of weight. What causes it to suddenly fly upward? Right. How much wind would you need to shoot up from the ground? You know that doesn't. You know that that um, doesn't work as an explanation. First thing you do realize is an anti-gravity aspect of it. They also showed a house that had the roof removed. Uh, big screen television was intact. There was a, a bookcase with a stack of printer paper on it, and that wasn't just lodged at all. The paper wasn't fluffed up or anything. But the roof was gone. Right. Right. Are you going to tell me the wind blew the roof off? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I see what you're saying. I mean, this is not just indiscriminate. This is, there's a, a degree of precision here. Right. And that's just a natural occurrence. Now, mm-hmm. do you think uh, somebody hasn't weaponized that? It would stand to reason. Absolutely. It would stand to reason. Um, there's other evidence that, that that you point, and there's some interesting photographs, and these are available online as well, I believe, uh, and that is... Um, vehicles, for example, that were... Toasted cars. What did you call them? Toasted cars. Toasted cars. They're toast. They're history. Something happened to them, and you can't fix them. You've got to get another one. Right. And, 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 and uh, in, some, in some cases, uh, I believe there was a taxi cab and maybe a police cruiser. I can't remember if there was a police cruiser, but there was certainly a taxi cab. And it's... Right. Is There's it over on, the Roosevelt, over on the Roosevelt Expressway, was it? Um, the FDR drive. FDR I drive. I don't know how it got there. Let me be say this over and over again because the, my detractors like to say, oh, she claims that, blah, blah, blah. I don't know how that got there, but the damage to it is mighty strange. 
that the uh, polycarbonate lights are not melted, but the inside of the car is totally toasted. So if you have some rip-roaring fire going on inside the car, isn't it going to make those lights on top like they're on a hot grill? Right, right. And there are a number of vehicles around the World Trade Center tower in a similar, suffering like similar damage. Like over 1,400. 1,400 vehicles? Yep. And in some cases, uh, the vehicle, I mean, it doesn't show any external distress. I mean, it's not like it's scorched on the outside. Right, it's just weird things like that particular police car, uh, the front door is completely toasted, and the back door is pristine. Interesting. Now, again, using the tornado analogy, would that explain how those cars ended up on their roof? Well, in their, um, whatever's happening is a you know, particular zone. That's when I started realizing there's some involvement of some, some field effects. Field effects, okay. Uh, like, you know, where I, something would happen in one place and not another. Like, there's also, there's a spot in that car that, um, or one of the cars next to it, where there's a circular spot where it's pristine and around that is totally toasted. And fire doesn't work that way. You don't have something's completely scorched and something's pristine one nanometer away. You know, fire works as, you know, hot, cold, and shades of gray in between. Right, right. And this is just a pristine delineation, which is an interference uh, type of effect. Right. Uh, but the, the vast number of these cars is just incredible. They appeared to go into spontaneous combustion. Let me stress, appeared to go into spontaneous combustion. Uh, that, you know, it, it looked like fire, but if you have plastic that isn't melted... And paper that isn't burning. What is it? You know, is it plasma or, or what? Right. And this this technology uh, that was involved, does it leave some sort of a marker? Uh, for example, those who, who swear up and down that it was controlled demolition and they talk about nanothermite and they look for, you know, traces of it in the, in the dust and so forth. Uh, well, but does this technology leave a marker? Uh, well, the evidence is the marker. Now, as for controlled demolition, the buildings were demolished in a controlled fashion. But it was, you know, thermite is not, you know, what did thermite do to the buildings? Yeah, the, the folks who present that don't ever make that connection. Does thermite cause things to turn into dust in midair? It does not, as far as we know. <laughs> and it's also not used to control demolitions because it cannot be controlled. Thermite is a you know nineteenth century uh, welding material. It works through heat transfer, and heat transfer takes time. Right. Well, that's when they stick the the word the the, uh, the prefix nano on there. I guess to sort of new and improved. Super new different. and improved. Yes. Super Although super mini micro nano thermite. Exactly. And then, but the big question for me has always been: How do you wire a hundred and ten story building without anybody noticing? Oh, more than that, how do you uh, turn off cell phones in, in Manhattan while you're wiring it? Aha. Uh -huh. All right. Well, we'll pick up on that point when we come back. Dr. Judy Wood stays with us. Hope you will, too. Back with more in a moment. You want the truth? You can handle the truth. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To get the truth, call Richard now 
at 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Exploring theories, uncovering facts, and offering a different view of the universe. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Welcome back. And uh, I want to welcome a new affiliate aboard. A WZUS or WZUS for my American friends. WZUS up here in Canada. Uh, FM, and that's in Champaign, Illinois. And I believe that's servicing the, um, the Decatur, Illinois uh, market. But uh, WZUS FM, thank you so much for making uh, The Conspiracy Show part of your radio family. Welcome aboard. All right, Dr. Judy Wood stays with us. And as I mentioned, she's coming to uh, Toronto for an exclusive live engagement on September. September the 11th, that's a Sunday, fast approaching at the J.J.R. McLeod Auditorium. And uh, you can get tickets. Just go online to my live events page at strangeplanet.ca. You can order tickets right online. Uh, Dr. Judy Wood, you were mentioning uh, that uh, I, I, had, I had suggested... The thermite. Yes, and how difficult it would be, you know, if it's controlled demolition well, using... it's not difficult. It's just sort of impossible. And uh, nanothermite, because it works... Thermite works through thermal conductivity. Nanothermite would be faster, so you have even less time for the thermal conductivity. And I mentioned why, trying to wire 110 building or 110 right. floors, and, and you said you if ever you drive along and you come to a, a blasting zone, it says blasting zone, turn off cell phones and two-way radios. I hadn't, I haven't experienced that, but tell me more about that. Well, uh, it, they could accidentally the frequency accidentally trip a wire that's, that's rigged for demolition. Oh, is that right? Like if they're going to blow up a side of a mountain to build a road through. Right. Uh, they wire it up, but, but if you're, while you're driving through the area, it says turn off cell phones and two-way radios so you don't accidentally trip it. And you can imagine how many people would be wandering around with cell phones on Wall Street. So I can't think of a city except maybe Tokyo that has a higher density of those. That, that makes sense. Right. So but, that could have caused it to go off prematurely. So therefore, another reason to probably rule out, uh, you know, wiring that still, building. We're, you know, getting away from uh, what happened. And there's a particular piece of evidence that was absent on 9-11 that would be required if it was a thermite or, or a high heat type deal. And do you know what that is? No, tell me. Let me see if I can play this uh, clip. Little Manfred Mann here on the program. Okay, Blinded by the Light, a flash. Yeah. It wasn't anybody blinded by the light. Nobody saw some huge, bright, you know, like uh, a giant Fourth of July sparkler. 
That's true. That's true. No reports of that whatsoever. So, and there was unburned paper flat, fluttering all over the city. Indeed, there was, hauntingly so. Um, now, back to the uh, you mentioned the field effects, and we talked about the cars, the overturned cars, and some cars were sort of scorched, and others were were not. But so, talk to me about some of the other field effects. Talk to me, for example, about weather anomalies. Anomalies. Well, there's. Uh Windows are an interesting thing. There were uh, rounded holes through window glass without any other breaks in the windows. Rounded holes. Rounded holes. And how, how... How do you get a glass cutter to even do that? Exactly. Now, how would, how would the directed free energy a technology cause uh, something like that? Let, let me uh, back up. Whatever technology was used that day... Uh, was a technology that was demonstrated to do what was done, you know, without need to name it at all. But it turns out, if you look at what it did, it can be used for good rather than evil. In other words, it can be used to uh, produce free energy. In the same way that on uh, uh, August 6, 1945, uh, that was evidence of nuclear power plants. No, nuclear power plants did not destroy Hiroshima. But what happened at Hiroshima was evidence that that same kind of uh, uh, technology could be used in a good way for nuclear power plants. Right, right. And that's what I mean by directed free energy technology. Yeah, it's, it, it's, a, kind of a, it's, a, it's a kind of an umbrella term, isn't it? Right, right. The... Uh, the technology that was used on 9-11 and the evidence presented is evidence that free energy technology exists. Right. Okay. Now, I want to talk about some of the weather anomalies briefly here. Uh, we are coming up on another break, but we'll start the conversation now and continue okay. it after the break. Talk to me about hurricanes offshore at the time. Huh. We don't know uh, what it, you know why it was or whatever, but it was mighty strange that it was not heavily announced. It was very underreported. For four days straight before 9-11, a Category 3 hurricane was headed straight to New York City. Now, I remember uh, in 2005 when Hurricane Rita was thought to be headed for Houston, they did a voluntary evacuation before it would become a mandatory evacuation, just in case, you know, it kept going. Right. Now, if, if they don't know where it's going, why aren't you warning people? Yeah, this is a, this is a, a, a Category 3, did you say, heading yeah. towards New York, uh, yeah. and yet, for three days, and yet no word of uh, voluntary evacuation, nothing. Uh, we'll pick up on that point when we come back. Dr. Judy Wood, author of Where Did the Towers Go? Stay with us. Corporations, governments, and sometimes entire civilizations. What goes up must come down. And it lands on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.
the world is being pulled over your eyes. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. To reach Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Welcome back. Dr. Judy Wood is with us. Where did the towers go? Evidence of directed free energy technology on 9-11. All right, uh, Dr. Wood, we were talking about the Category 3 hurricane, which was headed towards New York City in the days prior, uh, three days prior uh, to the 9 Four days. Four days prior, thank you, uh, prior to the the 9-11 attacks. And yet, as you say, very little news coverage, no call for, despite the fact they didn't really know where this category three was headed if somebody you know doesn't know where a hurricane's going exactly uh yeah why wouldn't they uh do a a volunteer evacuation exactly so um what does that or what may that hurricane three uh, category three hurricane have to do with the directed uh free energy technology well, I have no proof of anything, but it was mighty uh, peculiar that it was there and, and underreported. Uh, it was you know, quite strange. So I started looking into, well, what is a hurricane? Going round, round, round. It's sort of like a Tesla coil. And it can create field effects. So let's go look at the weather in that area. Uh, just outside of a hurricane, you still have field effects. The birds know to, to head for cover. They can feel it. Some people with arthritis can feel it coming. Right. Uh, It turns out the three major airports surrounding Manhattan all reported thunder that day on 9-11. Despite the fact there was... It was sunshine. Yeah, it was blue skies. And the hurricane stopped uh, just off the end of Long Island. The outer bands were right at Long Island. It was actually raining at Cape Cod. And then that turned around and started heading out of town that afternoon. So connect the dots for me here as best you can. Is it possible that the hurricane was uh, created by the, the, um, this directed energy device? Or is it possible it was inadvertently steered out of New York's path once the device was turned on? Or what are we well, saying where, here? <laughs> well, there's a high-pressure zone moving eastward and uh you know the question of when they're going to meet uh they met precisely at 10 o'clock over manhattan (laughs) you can see the how the pressure systems uh intermingle at that time but instead of speculating look at the at the effects you have an underreported hurricane and if if someone cannot control the weather why would they have let it go unreported? So it implies someone has control of the weather. Whether they created it or it happened to be there, whatever the case is, how can you be 100% sure it's not going to make landfall or it's not going to stall out? JFK Airport is right there at sea level. Exactly, yes, yes. And, and uh, if it hung out there any longer than it did, you would have had some major flooding from the storm surges. We're not talking about, you know, the wind effects so much as you have all this water building up. Right. I mean, a a Category 3 hurricane uh, slamming into New York, 
I mean, no, it's not a Category 5. It's a Category 3, but still, on a, on a, on a population, it, like, that would have been devastating. Actually, it was a Category 3 the day before. It was Category 1 on 9-11 because it was meeting that other storm system, but it remained a Category 1 for several days after that, even after it turned around and went off. Mm, okay. Uh, but uh, it, it was so underreported that there was a, a news thing, I think it was in 2010, where Geraldo Rivera is celebrating 40 years of reporting on hurricanes, and they show various videos. And then he says, well, except one funny thing, too bad there wasn't a hurricane on 9-11. Why would he say that? He was thinking it would have changed history if there had been. Oh, I see. Okay. But right, was, right, right. You know, here's somebody who studies hurricanes who is unaware of it. Interesting, interesting. Now, for those who think that this idea of a directed energy weapon is sort of pie in the sky, the U.S. Navy is now mounting these on on their ships. I mean, they're field testing these. I think it's the USS Ponce. Um, A couple years ago, they actually installed one of these devices uh, on a destroyer. I think it's a destroyer. So, I mean, I mean, is there any relationship between these, what they're calling these laser weapon systems, and what you're talking about? No, uh, this is more of field effects. Uh, here's an example. Your cell phone and a cell phone tower. Your, your cell phone doesn't work unless it's within the range of a cell phone tower. Right. Call that the field in which it works. So you need two things. You need one field, and then you need the cell phone that operates within it. And that's what uh, the interaction of different fields would do. Like, uh, for example, let's say you have a static field over the whole city. Right. And then you have a radio frequency signal that you interfere within that at some specific place. Okay. All right. Um, the example we have of that is what John Hutchison does. I was just going to ask you about Mr. Hutchison. Yes. Yes, the Hutchison effect, uh, where uh, levitation of of heavy objects. Um, I was just I, I was just with uh, with John back in February at his at his uh, house in in Gold uh, Beach, Oregon. Neat. And he has kind of well, he's sold most of that. Um, uh, equipment that was used to, to create the Hutchison effect, I guess, to a German company, and he's sort of moved on to other things, but he's still using some of the same uh, principles. But so, yeah, tell me more about w- w- what the connection might be between the Hutchison effect and what you're talking about. Is it one well, and the I same? I call that parallel evidence. It's it, we know uh, about John Hutchison's work, and we can, uh, you know, well, used to be able to go into his lab and watch it demonstrate, and it turns out it produces the same phenomena that we saw in 9-11. One of the things that uh, the Hutchison effect produced was... Um, Luminescence uh, without heat. Right, turning a, uh, a transmutation uh, of, of metal into, I don't know, gelatinous material. Right, jellification. Jellification, okay. Yeah, that's, that's one term for it. Um, it, it, uh, it, you know, also uh, um, has anti-gravity effects. Right. Um, and uh, also bends things in weird ways, like getting a solid beam and making a pretzel out of it. And we saw some of those on 9-11. We certainly did. And uh, the levitation 
uh, that might explain how some of those 1,400 cars got flipped over? Well, not necessarily flipped over, but uh, toasted. Right. Okay. Uh, you know, some what of a field effect. Any anecdotal evidence that you've collected from people who maybe reported some of these strange field effects and, and actually witnessed them firsthand? Uh, perhaps, I don't know, maybe there, maybe someone did oh, witness oh, some yeah. levitation. There's one firefighter going uh, across the top floor of Tower 3, and he turns around, the hall he just walked through just disappeared. The hallway that just disappeared. was right disappeared. when Building 2 started to uh, dustify. Right. And it took out, remember that middle chunk missing out of Building 3? The guy just walked across there. And it didn't collapse, it just disappeared. It just, it just disappeared is, is his term for it. Uh, then there's uh, a guy down on FDR Drive who uh, witnessed a car going into, as he described it, spontaneous combustion. But, you know, like typical people, they want to have a reason for it. So he, he thought, well, maybe a fireball rolled down from the towers and hit the car. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> as, as, as well as he could do. Um, yeah, things uh, disintegrating, turning to dust, uh, fusion of dissimilar materials. Oh, there's a good uh, piece of evidence that's come to light since the last talk with you. Remember the Pope visit? The Pope visit. So uh, was that about a year ago? Right, okay. Pope Francis. Uh, when the Pope visited, he visited the memorial. Yes. And he visited this uh, Bible artifact that had uh, what looked like previously liquid metal re-solidified in it. Right, yes. Uh, remember, one of the Hutchison things is uh, uh, liquefied metal without heating it. Well, if that were hot... The papers would have burned up. Excellent point. Excellent point. Fusion of, di- of dissimilar materials. Uh, which reminds me, of course, there were people that were claiming, and there were some videos to substantiate this, this molten metal uh, that was that was um, uh, pouring out and, and remained molten uh, by some reports several days after the, uh, the, the, uh, the towers were destroyed. Well, that, that orange stuff pouring out of the building, we don't know what material it was. Was it water that was, you know, luminescent or what? We don't know. It was not like heated metal falling because it stayed uh, the same color all the way down. Right. Also, it poured out one window, stopped, and then poured out the next window. The window it had been pouring out of, if it's like uh, molten iron or whatever, um, that's, that's melting point is like 1535 uh, centigrade. Aluminum melts at 660 centigrade, a lot lower. Right, right. The aluminum cladding outside that window was not melted. Ah, interesting. <laughs> So if you, if you observe the evidence, instead of being goal-oriented for, you know, having a, an outcome that you want and then cherry-picking data to support that, but if you really want to know what happened, the evidence will tell you. And that is precisely what you will walk through when you join us here in Toronto yes. on Sunday, September the 11th at the J.J.R. McLeod Auditorium from 1 to 4 p.m., and um, again, I'd, I'd like to add why that is. This is so important. Please it's do. Vital. This isn't a case of just you know who did it or or like what technology was used. No, he who controls the energy does control the people. 
but he who controls their perception controls everything. And it's all about perception management. Absolutely. Absolutely. If, if well it wasn't, put. Uh, airplanes running into buildings, oh, maybe bin Laden put thermite in the building. You know, it's still everything else is the same. Right, right. But this is a whole different ball of wax. And this is <laughs> you got that right. You have trying that to, right. Trying to hide from from the public. All right. Well, we uh, we look forward to seeing you on uh, Sunday, September the eleventh, uh, Doctor Wood. Thank you for spending an hour with us this evening. Well, great. Thank you so much for having me, and thanks for being interested in looking at facts. And we are looking forward to it. Where did the towers go? Evidence of directed free energy technology on nine eleven. Doctor Judy Wood. My website, strangeplanet.ca. That's where you go to the live events page. And you can also say hello on Twitter at Richard Serrett. S-Y, because I love you, R-E-T-T. And as always, follow the truth. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett on Zoomer Radio. Thanks for inviting me into your home, your long-haul truck, RV camper, taxi, loft, your parents' basement, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. A very special hello to all of you listening in on our flagship station here in the Liberty Village neighborhood of Toronto, Canada, Zoomer Radio, 50,000 watts of peace and love. Hi to those uh, of you catching us on the the live stream on YouTube uh, through our Hangout On Air. And uh, by the way, if you want to join the Hangout On Air, just go to my Twitter feed, at Richard Serrett, and go to the top of the feed and click on the HOA link. And uh, then you're watching the radio program. How cool is that? Those, of course, uh, th- those of you, of course, who are uh, checking us out on uh, one of the podcasts, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn.com, iTunes, and TalkZone.com, and uh, those of you listening in on one of our affiliates, including our new one. Very excited to welcome WZUSFM, Champaign, Illinois. Uh, those of you, of course, 
uh, taking the program with you on uh, one of the free apps, Zoomer Radio app or the Conspiracy Show app, both, again, free downloads. However and wherever you're listening or watching, as the case may be, I bid thee welcome, and I thank you for your fine company. A futurist and entrepreneur, James Gordon Graham, is standing by on the line from the UK where it is very early in the morning and we appreciate him getting up so early or staying up late and whatever the case may be. And he's going to discuss uh, multi-dimensions and the secret knowledge of the elites, how we can build a better future, new systems of education and government and banking. Um, we'll get to that, as I say, in just a, just a moment. Uh, just a reminder, my next live event, Fast Approaching, Dr. Judy Wood author of Where Did the Towers Go? A special look at 9-11. That's happening Sunday, September the 11th at the J.J.R. McLeod Auditorium. Tickets available online at the live events page, strangeplanet.ca. Next week on the program, and uh, upcoming on the program in in, in weeks ahead, David Rothschild. Uh, Now, not that Rothschild family. Uh, David is an innovative economist uh, with Microsoft, and a graduate from the Wharton School of Business, and uh, his primary body of work is on forecasting uh, elections, for example. And he's got a, a remarkable track record, and he'll be here to tell us who will win the U.S. presidential election and why. Uh, David Rothschild, and also the haunting of Asylum 49. Uh, with Cami Anderson, The Haunting of Asylum 49 with Cami Anderson, and also upcoming, uh, Gary Byrne, a former Secret Service who uh, worked in the Clinton White House, and uh, he is the author of a uh, a compelling incendiary book called Crisis of Character. What was it like um, working in the Clinton White House? He'll tell us all about that when uh, Gary Byrne joins us on the program. And we're also, as we approach uh, the anniversary of 9-11, working on uh, bringing Jim Mars back on the program. And our good friend, R. Gary Patterson, um, will be here to talk about uh, rock and roll legends and curses and mysteries. But right now, let's talk about the future. James Gordon Graham is a natural entrepreneur who is drawn to making improvements in many fields. His connection to technology, new inventions and discoveries such as engineering, CAD-CAM, the Internet or future faster-than-light technology such as anti-gravity or free energy shows he's instinctively a futurist, an entrepreneur and speaker who uses his new company, Multidimensional Creatives, to get his knowledge out through digital information project, uh, products, internet TV and documentary movies. At, very, uh, at a very pragmatic level, he loves helping people and companies get their creative potential into world markets. Our Multidimensional Creatives film and TV studios have produced uh, Hidden Science, Unleashing Creativity, and the online course hidden knowledge of the elite. He predicts that scientifically knowing about the multi-dimensions will ultimately result in engineering new technologies like anti-gravity, free energy devices, and more. His current major project is working on a major Hollywood-style movie series that uses multi-dimensional intelligence themes in business, technology, and science. James Gordon Graham, welcome aboard. How are you, my friend? Very well, thanks, Richard. Many thanks for inviting me on. Uh, my pleasure. And, and uh, what, uh, what is the ungodly hour over there in the UK? Is it four or five? It's a, it's a bit uh, early, yeah. I uh, didn't get much sleep last night, so we were up, I was up at four o'clock. It's about five, five, you know, something like that. It's not light outside yet, so uh, 
Yeah, it's, uh, it's early, but uh, well, you've had a, a long day yourself, it sounds like. That's all right. Well, we'll get you off to bed as the sun is coming up, I guess. But <laughs> thank you again. What do you mean by multi-dimensions? Okay, well, um, let's see how we can actually describe this. With a lot of people in your world, in the conspiracy world, what, what I tend to, to feel is that most people go through their lives trusting the government and living in a third-dimensional world. In other words, it's uh, what I call solid light. It's, it's matter. And we don't understand that there's actually many, many other worlds, uh, many multi-dimensional worlds. In fact, um, the way I like to describe it is that it's just consciousness, and everything is conscious and consciousness. And in the context of that, there are, if you kind of like split it into different lights or energies, there are, are different dimensions. So it's looking at different aspects of the one consciousness. And um, we live in the third dimensional world. We, we uh, you know, most of my life in, in engineering, and yeah, I, I listened a little bit to the end of your uh, discussion there on 9-11 <coughs> with uh, Judy. And, uh, you know, that is a 3D world. You know, it is about, um, you know, solid objects and so on. But where science, I think, is, is missing a massive amount of, of uh, knowledge and, and, the, and the future really lies is, is in understanding the multi-dimensions. It's faster than the speed of light, perhaps. Uh, um, superluminal light sometimes is called in the scientific world. But, but really, um, what we... What I actually find within some of the conspiracy world and some of the people who are trying to sort of like put across, for example, like UFOs, for example, um, what they miss is that, okay, you've got interstellar beings and on one side which are interacting potentially with humanity. But on the other side, there's a, there's a whole range of elemental beings that are sitting in dimensions very close to the third dimension that we live in. And these beings are perhaps your guides, the angelic realms, um, you know, divas. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of um, different pixies, fairies, even, you know, and these, these things actually exist, but we don't see them because they are slightly uh, higher in, in vibrationary sort of frequency than we are in the third dimension. So I, I, I really believe very strongly that the next generation of technology will come from understanding these, these multi-dimensions. And the reason we don't, I have a, a Master of Science degree, you know, I've uh, been a CEO of a software house, I've taken it to the stock markets. You know, I've been very firmly in 3D, and I've, I used to get so frustrated because you really couldn't um, you know, start to, to really design anything worthwhile. And the reason for that is that I believe there's a deliberate cap put on us in science and, and across the world from understanding the multi-dimensions. And this is one of the things that the elite really understand and have done for thousands of years. You can track it back, you know, to you know, 4000 BC, the Brotherhood of the Snake, you know, these sorts of um, you know, types of, of uh, secret societies that, that spawned the likes of the Knights Templars, Freemasons, Rosicrucians, and so on. Now, all these people really understand the multi-dimensions, and they understand the links that they have with the different gods, and that's what gives them so much power and control over humanity. And how were they, let's say, 4,000 years ago, 
uh, tapping into the multidimensions? How were they able to do that? Okay, well, my my uh, partner um, has uh, a very very good theory on this, which, theory on this, which I actually you know really resonate with. And what happens over long periods of time with humanity is that we go from you may have heard it the classic um, golden age to dark age. It's it's the yugas. It's the uh, procession of the equinoxes. It's moving around a 26,000-year cycle. Right. And I, I think actually it goes much, much more than that. I think it goes from millions and millions of years personally. But let's just stick with the 26,000-year cycle because it's, it's easy to understand this. Um, you know, the oldest chronology we got is from the pyramid text, and they actually state that they've they got the kings and the god kings going back to 35,000 B.C. So that's our oldest chronology and they talk about Ra, and they talk about the, 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 you know, the different gods. But um, what happens is that um, in the height of a golden age, the dimensions are different than they are today. So they are in a, a kind of a, if you think of it like a concertina, sort of slinky spring thing, or a, um, a, you know, on these instruments and bellows that move in and out. Um, when the, the bellows are tied together, the dimensions are tied together, um, humanity is not necessarily or is not in the matter world in the sense of having bodies. We are like bodies, effectively. And then as the dimensions move apart, what happens is that we fall into a dark age. This is where we are now, and we're just starting to come out of it. And things get darker and darker, and people get less and less multidimensional. Is that what they, the, so our the, natural abilities of telepathy and seeing all the different beings all around us at all times diminishes as the dimensions fall. And then we get to a point in the, in the bottom of this cycle, which, would, which I believe we're moving out of now, where our, um, we start to wake up and our multidimensional abilities start to kick in. And, we can, and the dimensions, it's like um, the elite can do nothing about this. It's like King Canute sitting with... I sort of, you know, trying to say, you know, stop to the tide. You cannot stop this. And what will happen is that as the years go on, the dimensions become more and more apparent. And what you're finding with this waking up across the world is that there's a huge amount of people um, starting to really understand that they are multidimensional beings first and their physical beings second. Uh, that almost sounds like what you were describing a little earlier about uh, the golden age and how the, um, you know, the, the, the dimensions are sort of closer together. And, and mm. um, maybe in a, there was a time when we talked about, you know, the age of miracles or uh, when, you know, the age of prophets, when people, when people communed with, with God. They spoke to God. I mean, we don't have a lot of prophets running around uh, these days who claim they speak yeah, to God. Yeah, I think a prophet is, is somebody who is, multidimensionally awake and um, you know they've learned to um, interact with the multidimensions um, and we see it in bits around us we, we see psychics on TV we see people who can see the future like Edgar Casey. we see a lot of people around us <coughs> excuse me all the time but really um, in, in the past um, there's some very people incarnate uh, as very old souls and they have, uh, and they have this ability to have designed their life before they come in, where they are actually got a lot more multidimensional abilities than, say, a, a young, a younger soul who's coming in for the first time or whatever, and experiencing the planet through a body. And um, 
So there, there is a, um, I think the prophets of the past were the people who had this, this uh, very, the very old souls, they had very amazing multidimensional abilities. And um, I, I'm personally not part of any religion. I'm not part of, you know, any secret society or anything. You know, I, I just uh, study this and I have multidimensional experiences. So but I, whatever they I had. really go on my own sort of knowledge, really. But whatever they had, we're, we're all sort of heading back into that, uh, if you want to call it the age of miracles, we're heading back yeah, we there. we are, Richard, absolutely. And all right. it, it would just... Uh, getting through a very difficult time, I feel at the moment, due with the, the the tragedies in the world, which are increasing, and the the sort of the way that um, the control of humanity is is getting more and more severe. All right, James, let me uh, let me just uh, jump in. We'll take a time out. We'll come back. James Gordon Graham, multidimensional creatives is uh, the website, and uh, we'll talk more about that as well. Multidimensionalcreatives.com. Stay with us. The truth will set you free. But first, it will really tick you off. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Afraid of the dark. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To talk to Richard, call 416 360 0740 or toll free 1 866 740 4740. James Gordon Graham is with us, entrepreneur and uh, futurist, and his website is multidimensionalcreatives.com multidimensionalcreatives.com. Uh, the, uh, the, the Vedic writings talk about, you know, sort of, uh, and Michael Cremo, of course, has written about this extensively, about sort of a, a devolution, a, a de-evolution of man from these sort of light beings into what we are today, which is, you know, very sort of ground, you know, matter, third-dimensional entities. Uh, is that the sort of thing that, you, that you're talking about? Yeah, I, I feel that uh, we are in a constant uh, evolution, and the way I um, have experienced this is is through the understanding of the soul, the human soul. I had a, a, a quite amazing experience a few years ago, where quite unexpectedly I was in a very very deep meditative state, and I was with um, a group of people, and I was just touching this. Uh, this lady's hand very, very gently, and uh, it's like my consciousness moved um, like into her through. I was looking at her kind of emotional uh, light body uh, and thoughts, which kind of looked like they were sort of combined to me in a form of light, like organic light. And then, as I went deeper into this meditation, um, it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. It was like a liquid mirror that was beating. It was the most beautiful. I can't. You can never get a picture in this planet to even describe what it kind of looked like, but it was the most beautiful, beautiful thing. And that was the human soul. 
And I, so I did a lot of research on this. And our evolution, I believe, is happening in every second that we talk, every, every moment we're living, whether we are in a, a light body form or, or a physical body. And how it works is that the emotions are the key. This is the key technology that, that is around for anybody. And, you know, I come from a technology background. I very deliberately call it technology because it's a very, very uh, fine form of, of, of beautiful light. It's, it's obviously extremely refined. And um, what we're doing as we incarnate in, in every uh, lifetime, and we incarnate many times, is that what do we have on a day-to-day -day basis? Well, we have emotional interactions with people. So if you're in the conspiracy world, for example, and you're looking at 9-11, for example, well, on one level, you can say, okay, that's an atrocity. You know, who did it? The people who did it have not been caught. And there's a great emotional anger there with a lot of conspiracy people that are trying to get to the root of bringing to justice the people who did this. Now, these are emotions. And what I found over the years is that a drama like that on the outside of you is actually reflecting your inner emotional state that you're not aware of. You are actually trying to bring yourself to justice somewhere, probably from a past life, probably from something you've done this life. And, and I'm not saying that people are you know, collapsing buildings you know, uh, in a conspiracy world. I'm just saying that the emotion that that's reflecting in you. And it's the same when you look at um, all the vaccines and the, uh, the chemtrails and the pedophiles, and, and you go on and on and on and on. All these are, are massive emotional triggers for people. Now, people who are in the sort of mainstream world, which is you know, the majority of the population, it doesn't hit their radar. They just don't. They shut it out. They don't believe it. And um, their emotions are going through a different situation where they are actually they're getting their own emotional stuff happening to them, but it's very different. And so what I've looked at, I've looked at Bruce Lipton's work. I don't know if you know Bruce. He's uh, no, epigenetics. No. He's a, a biologist um, at, at heart. And he's, um, he's saying that basically our environment, in other words, the, the way we emotionally interact with each other, um, if you look at how the cellular structure works and our DNA works, is that we are continuously reforming our DNA in every second through 100 trillion cells in our body. And that, if you actually then elevate it into, it's not just physical, what's happening is light. And that light is moving itself from an emotional level into the cellular structure. The DNA changes, the DNA forms a form of light that then goes back into the soul. And in every single situation, every single second, we are developing ourselves on this planet. So what does the, a mass trauma, like 9-11, for example, do to our DNA? Is it designed to... Can you speak up a bit? I, I can hardly hear you. So it's, it's, I think it's this phone I've got. It's not very good. All right. I'll get a little closer to the mic here. Is right. that better? Yeah, uh, thank you. How does a mass trauma event like 9-11 then affect yeah. our DNA? And is it designed by who the, the perpetrators yeah. to, to have this impact on our DNA? Absolutely. So what is happening is that, um, you know, if you look at... If you look at from birth to death, 
we are in a state of um, we have no rights as humanity, we have no rights as a free person. And in fact, if you look at the 1933 Act, which is the, um, it's called SES3KV, it was actually originally designed in 1666 uh, here in the UK when the, uh, the fire of London was burning and they, they, they took everybody's property and lands through a trust. And these trusts have actually controlled humanity uh, for, for many, many years. And what happens is that the, um, the way the elite are working with the gods, and this is the key thing to understand, is how that relationship works, because you can track it right back. If you look at Plato, for example, you can, you can see his work, and you can see that if, if you read it carefully in Timaeus, he describes how, for example, Athena, which is one of the, the, latest, the later gods, came into Athens and um, created this society. And these gods were interbreeding with humanity, and that's what's created the bloodlines. And in uh, this particular instance, she quotes, or, or, or um, Solon, this, this very ancient Greek who um, this guy was talking to, quotes that this, uh, this goddess creates a society through law, war and wisdom and that's all you need to control humanity so if you look at the traumas and the wars and you know if you take 9-11 and all the wars that have come out of it and you take any instant it doesn't matter what it is over the last few thousand years it's all the same we are in a situation where we are perpetually being controlled through the bloodlines into law war and wisdom the wisdom is the esoteric knowledge the law and war includes the banking and the finance systems linked into it. So that's all you need to control humanity. But the real question is, why is it they're doing that? It's not that that's happening, because of course it's happening. The real question is, why do the gods need to control humanity, creating the 9-11s and everything else, and the trauma, and, and you know, which is happening right across the scale for everybody. And you come back to... A, it's a duality where both both effectively win. What happens is the gods are getting energy. So this technology that I'm calling the emotional energy, which is for us growing our souls, is also an energy that these gods need to survive. They, they actually use it as an energy source for themselves, a bit like we would use electricity, for example. So you're describing a parasite. I'm describing what, Richard? A parasite. A parasite. Well, yes, uh, but what is happening on our side is that we are developing our consciousness due to what they're doing, because the, the darker and deeper you go, and the more the emotional stuff is at the deepest and darkest, and we make that conscious, because that's what we're doing. And once you make it conscious, we grow our uh, consciousness, and what happens from that point is that humanity grows, because our soul is, is just linked to the whole of humanity's soul. So humanity is gaining the experience to, to make conscious everything possible to grow our consciousness. And at the same time, these beings are actually, yes, you could call them parasites, but actually they are, they, like we just use electricity, using our emotional energy as a technology to survive for themselves. And I believe what will happen is that as we go through and these dimensions come together again, 
there will be a, a kind of like a merging between the, the two worlds. I think ultimately, I don't know how long it's going to take, but ultimately um, our world and this, these, these sort of godlike um, beings, I have actually moved my consciousness and seen one of them actually. I mean, they do exist. And of course, you know, people uh, like Stephen Greer have been talking about, you know, UFOs and, and uh, interstellar beings quite a lot. But what he misses out, and this is the key thing, is he misses out that the real stuff that's happening is happening around the planet, and that real stuff is the, the gods into, into uh, working with the elite uh, to keep humanity in a state of perpetual fear. Um, I, I would say, actually, it's, it's more balanced than people in the conspiracy world think, actually. Because if you consider there's probably 7 billion people on the planet and say there's a couple of billion women who are loving their children and they're compassionate and, and people are you know, putting out emotional stuff which is in a, in a love vibration and, and, a, and a, a joy and happiness and compassion, that balances what, what we see in the conspiracy world. And here's a bit that you may not like, actually. What, what, is, what these people are doing when they actually are perpetuating, like the, the elite and the, 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 the secret societies, the Bilderbergs, the, you know, the, the whole of the uh, uh, royalty, what they're doing is they're perpetuating this, 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 um, this mirror, I call it, so that we can actually look at what they're doing and it triggers us into anger whether it's it's the paedophile stuff, whether it's the um, you know the chemtrails or the vaccinations or the 9/11s or whatever it is, the wars, the perpetual wars we're in, those are triggers. Those are outside dramas which are saying to us, look at your internal stuff because it's your internal stuff that needs to shift. And we're not saying you're killing somebody. We're not saying that it's the emotion. You know, the 9-11 one was the example I gave there, which is, you know, there's a great need in people to bring these people to justice. There's right. great anger with what they've done. So uh, these horrible, the evil... To actually the anger that's in people, and they don't know it's in them. And once they make that conscious, that's our um, evolution as, in humanity. So uh, as evil as some of the, these, these things are, I mean, whether we're talking about yeah. war or whatever, it, it, it's, it's, it is almost sealing the fate of the, th- those behind it, these, you call them the gods, small g yeah. gods, where it's sealing their own fate because it is pushing us, our consciousness forward. And as we evolve, yep. uh, we can no longer be manipulated in that way. Yep, absolutely. You got it. And, and what will actually happen, I believe, is eventually we'll come together um, and, and actually um, merge somehow, I don't know how, into light bodies. Um, I don't know if you ever saw that, that movie, The, uh, the Dark Crystal. Um, it's a very old kind of cartoon-type movie. And, it uh, sounds familiar, yeah. You know, you, it's all hidden in plain sight, isn't it? But you know, some of these, these people know exactly what's going on, and they, they show how that actually happens. But, um, yeah, it's worth having a look at that if you ever get the chance. We are coming up on a, on a break, but let's, uh, let me just throw this out now, and we'll pick it up on the other side. And that is, what is responsible then for... Well, the I don't know if I can use the word acceleration of uh, our consciousness, uh, you know, the development of our consciousness. Does it have anything to do with, you know, the Earth's Gauss 
rate, um, um, you know, the electromagnetic, uh, you know, the vibratory rate and so forth? Does it have anything to do with that? What's well, elevated? Can I start now before the break? Well, let's just start it now, and then once the music... Okay, we'll start uh, it now. Yeah, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the acceleration of our consciousness is through us becoming conscious ourselves of the emotional interactions we have around us. And um, if you consider incarnation, um, most of the world believes we incarnate and reincarnate many times. And um, yeah, if you, even if you look at you know, what NASA's just brought out, they brought out the fact that there are a, um, a billion new Earth-sized planets within our part of the galaxy alone. They've found them. They've actually, you know, I've seen photographs of them and so on. And they're all roughly the same size of Earth or about the same distance from their suns. And, of course, when you ask people, well, do you believe there's, there's uh, other life in the universe? And, and yeah, 99% of people today are going to say, well, yeah, I think there really is. And you, you take that as, okay, well, there's other life forms, you know, why don't we see them? Well, you know, they are probably more advanced, perhaps, than us, in the sense that they are, are already light beings, and they're living around these planets as light beings. That's a possibility. We may find some which are, um, you know, just like ourselves, you know, physically, and, we're, and going through the same sorts of things that uh, we are. I once heard somebody talk about small planets near to us, which are, are currently going through, going through dark times like ourselves. So if you consider that, <coughs> excuse me, let me, James, let me just, uh, let me just jump in here, James. We'll, we will, yeah. we will pick this up on the other side. James Gordon Graham, entrepreneur, futurist, multidimensional creatives.com, the website back with more in a moment. Stay with us. When in doubt, blame the government. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. the sky. Ever wonder if someone's looking back? This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. I welcome James Gordon Graham is uh, with us. Uh, and I was asking you uh, before the break, James, what is responsible for the acceleration in uh, mass human consciousness or our evolution? And yep. uh, you were you were talking about uh, you know the, the the existence of life on other planets and so forth. Let's finish yeah, up. Yeah, I was trying to put in context that um, we're not alone and that um, many other civilizations, I believe, come down here and uh, evolve themselves. And that's the human body itself consists of, um, you know, a number of uh, souls, you know, and humanity itself is, a, is effectively a soul that we're all kind of, it's like we're forging it on the, on the anvil of emotions is our um, kind of evolving evolution. 
And, um, you know, it, it's, the, it's that emotion, energy and motion, that technology that is the key to everything. It's the key for us to, for ourselves to become conscious and that itself by default because our soul is linked to the humanity soul makes everybody conscious. So everybody, whether you know, in, in one incarnation, they may be the most evil person in the world who you know, is, is behind 9-11 or whatever. And in another incarnation, they, they, they come in as a, as a beautiful, incredible being. And it's, it's all, you know, we, we probably have many thousands of lifetimes. So we are forging our soul on the anvil of this technology called emotion, energy in motion. And um, I, I was just trying to make the point that, you know, in the wider context, we, you know, there's a lot of, you know, in our galaxies and there's, there's trillions of galaxies and there's probably trillions of, of um universes you know the whole the whole way it works um is quite incredible in terms of it, of conscious evolution right i guess i was uh, trying to figure out what you, you mentioned you know the the 26000 year cycle and that's sort yeah. of the the long count calendar the mayan calendar uh, you say it much the, the chronology or the time frame much me, much maybe much uh, longer than that, but what sort of determines what sets that timepiece in motion? Does it have anything to do with the orbit of the Earth or the, uh, uh, as I mentioned, the you know the precession of the equinox, which is the Earth wobbling about its axis, which takes twenty six thousand years to go from one circle around that that wobble, so that one wobble takes twenty six thousand years approximately. Right. Um, you know, and people say that that is. That is our modern day dark age to, to golden age to dark age cycle. All right. Uh, from time to time, even within the sort of the dark ages, uh, we have uh, certain individuals who seem to be able to tap into this, uh, you know, the multidimensional um, yeah. uh, people like Tesla, for example. Yes, uh, who seem to get their technology almost from the future, and and they sort of talked about this themselves. Yeah. Uh, what, what's going on with with people like Tesla? Do you think how does that okay. happen? I, I actually did a, um, a documentary on Tesla. Um, what um, he did when he was young was he learned first of all from his mother, who was an amazing inventor herself, and his father, who was a a person who. <clears throat> was in the church and he was trying to sort of get him into the church but his heart was really in engineering and, and inventions and um but what his father used to do was to sit down with him and and um teach him how to read other people's thoughts and um this is what we call telepathy today so even though his, his father was a kind of mainstream church guy he actually was showing uh, the young Tesla about the multi-dimensions from a very early age and training him into understanding how to bring through from other dimensions um, types of engineering solutions. And if you actually look at anything, you know, not just Tesla, but all the greats um, have brought through, even musicians, you know, Simon Garfunkel with, uh, you know, Sound of Silence thing that... Uh, is making a, a big sort of hit at the moment. He, I believe he brought that through from the dimensions. And what great artists do, what great engineers do, what great people like Tesla do, is that they, um, they are probably very old souls that have designed their life as they come in. And when I say, when I say that, the soul sits at a timeless level. 
And it's very hard for people to understand this, but you effectively have designed your life already because we're in a linear time frame and the soul, of course, which is attached to us, but it sits in a, a, a timeless dimension. So all past, present and future is in that one moment. So um, a great being like Tesla would, would um, uh, he's probably a very, very old soul and he's been able to design a life time where he's kept himself open to the dimensions as you know you'd see that type of person typically as we as we grow towards a new golden age that that, that type of person would be very common but right now we are shut down everything is designed to shut us down in consciousness when we're as soon as we're born calcify and, that you know, pineal gland from um you know, the way the law, you know, when I talked about this law, war, and wisdom business, um, you know, it, it, is, it is designed specifically so that people are in the worst possible position they can be to give them the opportunity to make conscious the emotions that that evoke. All right, James, so got to like jump Tesla, in here. We'll, uh, um, J- James, got to jump in. We'll take a time out, come back, and uh, yeah, continue sure. to talk about Tesla and other things. James Gordon Graham with us right here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Stay with us. Curiosity, or did the devil make you do it? Whatever the reason, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To talk to Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. James Gordon Graham with us right till the top of the hour. Entrepreneur and a futurist. And uh, his website, once again, is multidimensionalcreatives.com. And we'll tell you about uh, that in just a moment, a little bit more about that. But we, we just want to finish up with, uh, with Nikola Tesla and how he was able to tap into uh, these other dimensions and, yeah. and, and draw, draw this technology and these innovations from from seemingly the ether. It, it is actually something that we can all learn to do. It, 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 and, uh, you know, we are typically shut down to, the, to that in the way we are brought up in our homes and our education systems and our jobs. But Tesla was very special, and, and he actually, if you read his autobiography, for example, he could, he could hear a fly landing on a book in another room he actually saved his village many times by hearing the sound of fire crackling way up the street, burning somebody's house down. He would rush out and he'd get everybody out and save them. He could hear thunderclaps from 600 miles. He had an extraordinary ability, and he says that what he used to do was he used to use his consciousness to go into the other dimensions to meet people to have conversations with them, to understand technologies. 
and he would bring those technologies through. And he had allegedly over 800 patents. You know, he, he designed x-rays. He designed AC current, which is why you know, we can talk right now because the electricity is, 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 is uh, flowing. He designed um, the most incredible stuff, even like radio. You know, I think Marconi you know, was getting all the accolades, but actually he did it before Marconi. That's right. And, you know, he, he was bringing out free energy, and um, he was experimenting with levitation devices, and I don't believe he understood what he was doing. Uh, I, think he, I think he got there, personally, um, and the one side I'm, I, I, um, I'm not sure about either is that apparently he was designing a scalar weapon, <clears throat> which is a faster, faster than the speed of light sort of energy beam, and uh, allegedly, this is what shot down the UFOs at Roswell, which uh, we have uh, understood happened in the 40s. And there's been a back engineering a lot of that technology. So, you know, PCB boards, the um, fiber optics that we see today all came from those craft. But what, um, what I think has been kept um, hidden is the levitation capabilities uh, and the, the sort of scalar weapon uh, capabilities. And, um, you know, so some people say, well, that's what, you know, was partly involved with this 9-11, uh, uh, you know, situation. I actually don't know that. But, um, you know, the, 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 the back engineering of those type of technologies uh, certainly has happened to some degree. And, and some people are claiming that the next big 9-11 will be when they when they pull out, if they if they do have this technology, I was talking to somebody in California in uh, February, and uh, <clears throat> I, I personally don't know if this is true, but he's saying that um, the, the deep national security state of of America has got this technology and will use a false flag UFO landing to so destroy people's belief systems that uh, it will cause the next massive um, shift. And um, we'll see. We'll see if that comes true. I don't know. Uh, I, I do think we are heading towards some massive um, collapse, and I think it's going to be a collapse in people's belief systems because unless people really understand these multi-dimensions, um, I think something will happen which will force them to consider it. And I don't know what it is, but um, you know, this is a, this is certainly a possibility. Uh, tell me about your your uh, online course, uh, Multidimensional Creatives. Yeah, um, I've just um, uh, this is the first the first course, which is called Hidden Knowledge of the Elite. And um, what I'm doing in that is is taking people through a journey. And um, you see, if you can understand <clears throat> how the elites really work and and how they develop themselves. So we talked about Tesla having the development of these multidimensional abilities. Well, many of the bloodlines, because they actually uh, have actually, you know, the, the, the powerful ones um, come in through a union of the gods and humanity, they already have incredible multidimensional abilities. And they, um, unfortunately, most of them, uh, you know, use it negatively. And the way they use it is through this law, war, and wisdom. And, and, you know, it just sounds very kind of bland, that. But, you know, if you take what happened in 1933, um, you know, this Sestri KV Act, um, where basically everything is, they understand is based on trusts. If you understand a trust, 
you understand how the world works in terms of law and actually finance. Because as a human being is born, uh, our birth certificate um, automatically um, is saying, and most people are duped into this because people don't understand this, but we give away our rights. We give away our rights to our property, to us as a free being. But most importantly, we give away our rights to our soul. And there's three law systems. There's corporate law, maritime law, and Talmud and Roman cult law which actually takes those three elements and makes sure through the bar in London, the, the, the city of London, linked to the Vatican, linked to the, the other, what I call the, 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 uh, the Crown Empire, um, you know, has got this concept of um, controlling humanity uh, through initially um, the birth certificate, which is, is basically giving these people voluntary you are volunteering yourself by giving them that certificate to be um kept as a slave effectively as chattel it's called it's actually called that right that's what they uh, all call the, the, the your life sometimes they refer to that as the all cap fiction because on your birth certificate and it, yeah um, it's all capital America, letters you, know, you can actually there's a number where you can actually relate it to the stock market because what they do is that they link they then link it as a trust to the stock markets and your lifetime earning ability is worth say x million and that's what you, that's what is traded and this all happened in 1933 when that great depression was was going through and um what is happening now is that something else is you see our monetary system can do nothing else but fail and put people in debt and the way the the, the banking system works with the the major banks is that they have to keep every single nation in debt for this um it's called the SES3KV Act for this, this, this appalling piece of legislative, legislative which, which basically imprisons people from birth. Right. And, and the big thing with this is the soul bit, because it gives, we willingly are giving our souls to these multidimensional beings, and that's why nothing on the outside comes in and helps us. You know, and, and that's okay, because we are growing ourselves because of it. But you know, one of the things that if we want to create new societies, and this is one of the things I talk about in my course, is that if you can understand how in great detail you are kept as a slave, or kept imprisoned, you can start to unlock those, those, that jail by just becoming conscious of it. And then you become more creative. You then start to be able to inter interact with the dimensions like Tesla did yourself. And then you're in your power and your creativity and your passion, and everything starts to flow from birth. And that is the way we're going to go towards in the future. It's that world where we're all in our creativity. And right now, we have to become conscious of what is stopping us doing that. And, um, you know, humanity has to make a conscious decision. We've had enough. We've had enough of this dark age. We've had enough of these behaviors. You know, we've learned the lessons we've learned, and, and, and we have to move forward now. And as soon as humanity makes that, what will happen is that we'll just, all these systems will just fall away because we will become conscious of them, and then we'll be coming into our Tesla-like multidimensional ability, all of us, whether we are gardeners or whether we're dancers or whether we're nuclear scientists. It doesn't matter what you are. If you're in your bliss and your, and your power and your passion, the world works just in an amazing way. I uh, recently have... Um 
uh, met a number of, uh, for a project I'm working on, a number of uh, inventors, innovators that are sort of working within the field of what we call free energy. They don't like that term because it's yeah, there's yeah, a lot of baggage with it. Um, uh, but they, they do sense uh, that we are reaching a, this, this, this point where the public is, is demanding this technology and, mm. and uh, yeah, there, they, there's just a sense out there that we're, we're, we're reaching an apex. Or a, this... yeah, I think we are, Richard. But I think what's happening is at the moment, I, I went through this myself, you know, I helped create the internet in my company. Um, we, we had some amazing software products. And what is happening is that if you design something right now, anywhere in the world that's got a free energy or a levitation capability, you will get the knock on the door from the men in black suits, and they will take it. And the problem is, is how do you get that? If somebody really has done that, how do you get it out? Because if you go to the patent office, those are scanned all the time, right. and you'll have a knock on your door the next day as soon as you put a patent in, they've got a free energy device, and they'll take it off the patent list, and they'll take it from you. And this is the deep national security state, as it's called in the, in the States, which does this. The, the, uh, the problem, I, I even saw it in the UK with a friend of mine. You know, he designed this amazing healing device, which was used, uh, used crystals and Tesla, actually a Tesla coil linked to a crystal. And, uh, you know, he, he literally had the, the knock on, on the door. So if you're talking to a lot of free energy people, um, I would say that, uh, you know, be careful talking to, I don't know, the likes of Stephen Greer, because he's trying to say, oh, you know, we'll, we'll let you get it out. But, uh, you know, through this disclosure thing that he's trying to do with UFOs, but I, I believe that that is not the route. Yeah, you know, I think he's very involved with the CIA and um, personally, um, I don't know. I don't know the answer because if somebody really does it, um, you know, right now it will be taken off them. But what I'm trying to do is say, you know, if you actually change the, the ground that we're walking on, you know, the, the, the real emotional reason that people come in and take those things away, and that is by understanding the multi dimensions. Right. If you actually have truly designed a free energy device, and and I believe I know how to do it, um, you actually have to understand the multi-dimensions to do it. All right. Listen, we are out of time, my friend. Uh, we'll have to have you back hey, well, on again. That went really quickly. So thanks it, a lot it, for your, your time it, yourself, and it, I enjoyed talking to you. Likewise, James Gordon Graham. And uh, once again, the website, multidimensionalcreatives.com. Check it out. Interesting site, interesting course. All right, that's it for us. My thanks to young Will Power, Andrew, or uh, Albert Vinzel, as always, for his uh, great work on the program. Back next week with a brand new program, including David Rothschild, who will uh, give us his prediction on who will win the U.S. presidential election and back it up with all of the data as to why he arrived at that um, uh, uh, prediction. All right. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There is nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night.
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.